Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the third season of the Ray Reynolds Rap Podcast. If you haven't already done it, go ahead and click that subscribe button. We hope that you'll check us out also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok and find out more about content. Of course, we encourage you to also check out the website at rayreynoldsrap.com. We hope you enjoy today's program. From time to time on the podcast, we will use Bible classes and sermons that were delivered at the Somerdale Church of Christ in Somerdale, Alabama, or other locations where I've had the opportunity to speak. And so this particular broadcast is one of those sermons from Somerdale. We hope that you enjoy it. Love has the ability to cover a multitude of sins. You see, there's a vast difference between people who are working by the works of the flesh and people that are bearing the fruit of the Spirit. You see, those that are working the works of the flesh want to uncover sin. They want to tell you all about what somebody else has done. They want to identify it. They want to share it. They want to put it in the rumor mill. They want to tell people, this is what's going on. Let me tell you what's going on. Let me give you some information. That's not what love does. Love covers a multitude of sins. You want to be able to help encourage them to get that sin covered up. Now, I'm not saying that you hide it. I'm not saying that you pretend it doesn't exist. But what you do is you encourage them to repent of it and be covered again by the blood of Jesus. Because we know just as much as faith can save us, our love saves us. There will be more people that will respond to the gospel by an act of kindness than will by being preached at. Now there's nothing, we are supposed to preach the gospel. We're supposed to share the good news of Jesus Christ. We're supposed to be preaching and, and teaching and talking to people about how much Jesus loved them. But people respond when we show kindness and love to them. They would rather hear the sermon through your words than hear it through, or hear it through your actions than through your words. People are looking for love, and they're looking for it in all the wrong places, okay? Love is seen only in God. He is the author of it, and he is embodied in it. God is love. We talked about that last week. So just like faith saves, love saves. Love is what saves us. In the end, God is not going to look at all the things we've done or accumulated on this earth. He's going to reward us based on how much we love him and how much we've done with that love for him. If you don't believe that, read Matthew 25. And I want to know the final exam. Have you ever taken tests and you get there and you, you look at the exam and you go, we didn't cover any of this stuff. Where did this come from? I must have fallen asleep weeks 1 through 13. You know, where did this where did this information come from and the teacher says it was in the reading. It was in the reading. Well, you know what, when we get to judgment day, a lot of the things that we're going to have to see, the tests that we have to pass, it's church, it's in the reading. It's in the reading. Jesus says when you get there, there's going to be a list of things. We're going to find out whether or not you did certain things. In fact, he says that on that day, they'll ask did you give a cup of cold water in my name? Did you visit the sick? That's going to be the litmus test. That's going to be, and what is? what are those identifiers? What, what does it mean when he says, you have done this and you have done this, you've given a cup of cold water, you visited the sick, you, you helped me when I was afflicted, you, you gave me clothes when I didn't have any, you gave me food when I didn't have any, you gave me a drink when I didn't have any. That's evidence of someone who's showing love to other people. Love will save you. Number two. Paul not only gives a message to the Corinthians about it, but later in Romans, he's going to talk about some things as well. Let's go back here to Romans chapter 13. I love Romans 12, but let's, uh, let's hang out in Romans 13 for just a second. Paul says in this passage, and we're going to look at verses 8 through 10, 
Romans 13, 8 through 10. He says, Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, and all are summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Some people are consumed by the law. They're consumed by legalism, legality. They're looking for the loopholes. I'm going to catch you. I'm going to catch you. I'm going to find out exactly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch you. And when you slip up, buddy, I'm going to be right there to just pounce on you. That's not, that's not what the Christianity Paul is talking about here in Romans. Some people misunderstood the motivation of what it meant to be a child of God. If we serve God, you know, and, and why, do you, why do you go to church? Why do we come to worship this morning? Is it because our parents tell us to or because our grandparents went? You know, that's why we go. Is it because we just love the, the congregation? We really know a lot about what's taught, but we just like the church. Uh, maybe it's because we, we realize that there are people there that are good people, and we kind of want to be like that. Why do we serve God? Why do we choose to go to worship? Well, hopefully, it's because we want to, out of obedience, follow God's word. We've read his word. We know what it says. We want to be more like Jesus. Jesus spent a lot of time around faithful people. Jesus spent a lot of time around people that were lost as well. But if we follow the pattern of what Jesus did and where he went, we see a consistent theme that he was always obedient to the will of his Father. In fact, he will say oftentimes it is by the will of the Father. So it's no secret that it makes sense when we see in the garden, when he's praying, why did he go through with it? Why did he go to the cross? Well, he said, it's not my will, but your will be done. He recognized that if he had to follow the will of the Father, he had to follow the will of the Father in order to accomplish his goal of getting to the cross and dying for our sins. But also he's setting a pattern and example for everyone else that would follow after him. And, and going back to that text of Matthew 22, I mentioned a moment ago about loving the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. I love how he says all of the law is summarized in this. You can take... All of the law. Take those first five books of your Old Testament, and we read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. He says you can summarize that entire, all five books together. You know, Genesis has 50 chapters. I mean, you start thinking about how much is in those five books, and he says, I can, you know, you want the cliff notes? Here it is. Love. That's it. Now, most of us probably, we read through the Old Testament, and we go, I don't, I don't know that if I got that. I, I missed that. Well, you've missed the main primary detail and plot point of the whole book. And I'll tell you, we often miss the whole plot point of this entire book. And that is that God has called us to love. So just like our faith saves us, our obedience also saves us. So this is why God has called us to follow him. We follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Jesus was obedient. He proved his love for God in that. Number three, as we move over to Galatians, I mentioned Galatians 5.22, but let's back up to verse 6. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6. When he talks to the Galatian church, he talks about works. 
he mentions works in a few other places, but this is a, a really good example, I think, of, of how we can apply this. Word of God, and I have to do what it says, then shouldn't that save me? Well, what Paul's identifying here is something Jesus has already identified in his teaching as well. You can do all of the things that are required of you, but if you do not do it in the right attitude, it does not matter. Paul says, I can have all the faith in the world to move mountains. But if love is not the motivating factor, then nothing matters. That's a tough teaching for us because we're people of the book. We're people of obedience. We want to follow line and letter. And, and, and we know everything in here, this is the word of God. But God also judges based on the heart. And God alone knows your heart. So if you're going through the motions and you're doing it just because you can and just because you, you feel obligated to and love is not the motivating factor, then then there's some heart surgery that needs to be prepared. Do you do it? Do you serve God? Do you go out and, 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 and teach people and share the word of God? Do you come to worship because you love him or because you feel obligated to? Our works should be motivated by love. Number four, when he talks to the Ephesian church, he talks about how just like our faith builds up, also love should build. Builds a bridge, right? Well, you know, Paul kind of coined that. It's uh, long before the song. Ephesians 3 and verse 17. Paul says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Love builds the bridge. Faith and love go hand in hand. Paul says the controlling principle of life in faith is the love that is expressed through Christ. The essence of Christianity is not legalism. It's a personal relationship. It's knowing who Jesus is and letting that motivate me. Jesus died on the cross not for humanity, but he died for my sins. I personalize it. Paul taught the Ephesians that the true Christian life is characterized by those two things that go hand in hand, our faith, and our love. And you know, when I read through what he says here in Ephesians 3 and Ephesians 4, he's saying these are building blocks. These are things that are necessary. Peter will say, add to your faith. So our faith is where we begin. Our love is what shows that faith in action. Just like when you plant a seed in a pot and you give it a little water and you say, well, you know what? I'm just going to leave it right there because my, I have planted the seed of faith and I'm just going to walk away, and I'm going to wait and see what happens. Well, you might get lucky. But you know what happens if I choose to nurture that plant, if I choose to fertilize that plant, if I choose to water that plant, if I choose to put that in sunlight? Do you know it has a greater chance of blooming and blossoming and becoming what it's supposed to be? In the same way, in my faith, I can say I want to follow Jesus and let, just leave it there. But if I really, really love God, I want to show him. I don't do things out of grudging obligation. I don't do that. Paul says, in fact, when we give, we shouldn't give out of a grudging obligation in our heart. We should give, what, cheerfully, out of love. I can't help it. So why do you follow Jesus? I can't help but follow Jesus. Why do you worship Jesus? I can't help but worship and follow Jesus. Why do you read your Bible? Because I love God. It's not because he tells me to. There comes a point in your life as an adult where you recognize that some of the chores that you were obligated to do earlier in life were only
only to help you later in life. It's when you begin to say, you know what? They were really trying to teach me something important. And so you may do it at first because you're obligated to, but eventually you realize there's a reason why. And And there are people who, they will go, they will worship. I think about some of our brethren around the world now through this crisis, the quarantine and and with COVID, that they're literally under threat of law if they even assemble together in a group of three people or six people. And they say, we're perfectly healthy, we're willing to social distance, we're willing to do whatever it takes because they want to keep the doors open in case someone makes a decision to follow Jesus. In order to have this kind of faith, Christ has to be in the center of our hearts. So it's a heart issue. Number five, moving to the book of Philippians. Paul says that just like our faith, love grows. Philippians 1, beginning at verse 9. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ to the glory of and praise of God. Paul speaks of how our love needs to grow more and more. How much has your love grown for your spouse in the time you've been together? How much has your love grown for your children since they were born? Some of us can testify to the fact that We didn't know we could love another human being that much until we got to hold it for the first time. And our love grows, our attachment grows for that child the longer we're with that child. The more connection you have to your Heavenly Father, the greater your love is going to be for Him and for what He has called you to do. Paul says love brings knowledge, it brings understanding. The differences between good and evil. When we love, we make good decisions. When we choose otherwise, and we make poor decisions. He says purity is present. We're filled with good things. We're filled with the fruit of righteousness. Our faith is evidence of what's going on in our heart. And our faith is seen not by human eyes, but by God's eyes. He knows how faithful we are, and we show it by our love. The next one is Colossians. Turn over to Colossians with me, chapter 1. We'll move through a couple more real quick. Paul says to the Colossians that just like your faith, say, uh, just like your faith, love hopes. Your faith hopes, and your love hopes. Listen to this, chapter one, verses three through six. He says, "We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you've heard before in the word." of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has also in the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. And he goes on to talk a little bit more about this and how it affects you personally. Faith hopes. Going back to 1 Corinthians 13, it says faith hopes all things. Love also hopes for all things. It's interesting he connects faith, hope, and love so many times here. This is just one of them. But remember what he said. These three things, this triplet, is going to go on forever. They last forever. When we have faith in God, when we have hope in God, 
when we have a love for God, it affects all. So he says, just like your faith hopes for something, hopes for good things, your love ought to hope for good things. There ought to be people in your life that everybody else has given up on, but you haven't. But you say, I believe in love, that person can change. I believe in love, I have this hope that things are going to get better. There are individuals, and maybe you yourself are an example of this. Everybody else has written you off. They can't make it. It's not going to work. They're lost. And by the grace of God, you came around. And there are people in your life that are the same way. Everybody else wants to give up on them. That's never going to happen. They're never going to turn their life around. They're never going to do the right thing. They're never going to give up that addiction. They're never going to... God has more faith in us than we have in ourselves. We need to have faith in other people. We need to hope for other people, for, for success and for good things. And I'd be praying against them. Sometimes we do that. We pray against people. We say, well, I hope they don't get that job. I hope they don't end up together. I hope that they don't end up moving. I hope that, in fact, I, have you ever done that before? Where somebody, you know, somebody you love trying to get a job somewhere and you start praying against it? Hello? I hope they, I hope he doesn't get that promotion. They're going to end up moving somewhere else. We want to keep them here. We pray against it. See, love hopes for good things. Love wants the best, just like faith does. And also, number seven, finally, just like he says to the Thessalonians, faith, just like faith, our love inspires. Turn over with me, 1 Thessalonians 4, and we'll close with this. Now, Paul talks to the Thessalonians about a lot of things. We usually will talk about him talking to them about the end of time and stuff like that. But I want you to notice what he says here in chapter 4 verses 9 through, uh, we'll go 9 and 10. But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed, you do so toward all the brethren who are in Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. He says, you're, just like your faith has inspired us, I don't even need to write about love because your love inspires us. Your love is inspired other churches. Why, why are people so impressed with big congregations? I mean, the doors are they're packed out. They got, we want to go up the road here because they got 200 more people than we do. You know? What impresses me is how, how much money does a church give? That's what I want to know. I want to know how many people are in the youth group at that congregation. If they got 10 more than we do, that's where I want to go. What impresses you about a congregation? Well, they got a bigger building than we do. They've got three vans. We've only got two. Have you seen their website? Boy, their web, they're on social media. they got an app for the church now, people. They've got a huge visitation ministry. They have 16 elders over there. We, we get so impressed by what other churches are doing. Paul says, church in Thessalonica, let me tell you what impresses me. You're a church that loves. I'll tell you what, I'm not impressed by building size and contribution numbers. I'm not impressed by how much money's in the treasury or how many vans are in the parking lot or how many people are filled in the seats. What impresses me, what leads me to a church, is what kind of love is in their hearts and what's seen to their actions. And the same thing will be seen in the community. What do people say about the sum of those people? Do they say, 
that's the most loving bunch of people I've ever seen in my whole life. Do they say that's the place you need to go if you, if you feel lost? I'll tell you what, if you're struggling in sin, that's a church that will take you in. That's a church that will show affection to you. That is a church that will embrace you. That is a church that, that practices what the Bible teaches. That's a church like Jesus. That's what I want to be. That's the place where I want to be. Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get updates on original content each week. Follow us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and check out our website at rayreynoldsrap.com. Also, if you'd like to suggest a topic for an upcoming broadcast, or if you'd like to email me a question, or if you have a prayer request, you can send that to rayreynoldsrap at gmail.com. Have a great day, and may the Lord bless you as you seek to live an authentic life in Christ Jesus. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214.